0: This is a throwdown, a showdown. Hell no, Rob Faye Nation can't slow down. It's gonna go. Get yeah. 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 Look at he's out yeah. the greatest pound for fighter. What is going on? I'm Rob Fay. Welcome to your Wednesday edition of Sports Bar Radio. Yes, it is the opening night for the Vancouver Canucks. 82 games. Hope springs eternal for the boys in green and blue. I have predicted that they will finish first in the Pacific Division. Better than Edmonton. Better than Calgary. Better than Vegas. Better than the Kraken. Better than all those teams in California. And no, I am not smoking the good stuff. I'm telling you got a sneak a suspicion they're going to be back and back in a big, big way. All right, let's get to it. We got a lot to get to today. We're going to touch on 10 different sports before everything is said and done. But let me get you to that one story. This one, not so newsworthy, but I've had a couple people ask me about it, and I want to make sure that you know how we created N E W Wrestling. But We're going to get to everything. This half-hour podcast is going to get you caught up. You are going to be the smartest person at the water cooler or in your next Zoom call, depending on where you're working. Let's get you to that one story that rises above all the rest. Let me get you to the lead.
1: We've scoured the globe for the stories that matter to you. Okay, well, let's be honest, Rob picks most of the stories, so maybe they matter more to him? Anyways, pull up a chair and let our bartender pour you a cold one because there's a lot going on in your world today.
0: All right, I have been to a confessional at a church once in my life. I was a kid, I went to Catholic school, I think it was the second or the third grade, and basically they just wanted to show you how it operated. Priest on one side, wall with a little sliding door, and then of course you sit there with all your sins and ask for forgiveness. So I am gonna bring you into the, uh, what do you call it, the Rob Fay Nation confessional? I have stolen twice in my life once I was a little kid I think it was nine or ten and I stole some cherries from the neighbor's tree uh, my mom caught me I got grounded had to take the cherries back what was left of them and then when I was a teenager I didn't get caught for this one at the local Becker's which is the 7-eleven version in Ontario uh, Becker's is a store where they have all the magazines the candy the milk and stole the magazine the magazine was pro wrestling illustrated and i can remember it as clear as day because it was at the time where you would find out about all the wwf happenings wcw happenings uh basically all of the old school wrestling and it was so old and this is going to date me a little bit that you would be able to see what was going on in the different territories so imagine 30 some odd years later Getting an email from Pro Wrestling Illustrated for an interview that I conducted with them about NEW Wrestling, Nation Extreme Wrestling. That, to me, was surreal. And right now, a lot of things are happening pretty damn quick. I'm not going to lie to you. We've put on two shows, and there are a lot of people out there that are saying unbelievably kind things. And trust me, I don't want that to stop. But the pressure that comes with that is uh, is really newfound and unique. Let me tell you very quickly the story of new wrestling because chris perry and i a couple of months ago and full disclosure chris perry is the fine man that finances this very show from Equity Guru and he said to me a couple of months ago he goes Rob let's put on a show let's do this documentary let's do something that shines light on the Pacific Northwest he thought that there was enough great talent in this region and he was right that maybe we could put together a four-part or a six-part documentary uh, and almost do it kind of like where we brought 16 wrestlers together they fought against each other in in a show called The Shot and eventually we would have one wrestler take on a former WWE star or something like that. So as we were thinking about how we we're gonna map this out, I mean, obviously, you gotta do the interviews, you gotta do the backfill, the, you know, the stories about the wrestlers. I said, Chris, one big thing that's missing here is we don't have any footage. Like, we don't have any action footage of these people actually wrestling. So this is where the proverbial let's put on a show thing came to fruition. So I thought, well, if we're gonna put on a show, let's do it this way. Let's build a brand. Let's go out and get a logo, let's get some photos, let's meet some wrestlers, let's try to do this as realistic as we can and make a go of it. So that's what I did. Chris Perry said he would handle the financial side of things, I just had to be the elbow grease guy that went out and basically built this from scratch. So I did it in the only way that I knew how, I did it very similar to a minor league baseball team because there's actually, believe it or not, a lot of similarities between minor league baseball and independent wrestling both of these type of individuals, young and vibrant, and trying to find their way to the bright light to the highest level. Uh, For wrestling, it's WWE, it's AEW. And so basically met up with a couple of people from the Lionsgate Dojo, which is a local training facility. Great people, four of the most salt of the earth people that you'll meet. Tony Baroni, Billy Swade, Nicole Matthews, Artemis Spencer. I knew that if I was gonna get anywhere in this industry, in this region, I had to align with them. So went there kind of hat in hand and said, this is what I'm trying to do. And they were cool with it, they bought in. But you know, one thing that I learned really early and I learned it from those four, is that a lot of people in this industry, the wrestling industry, will make promises. There's a lot of guys that come out of the woodwork and say, you know, I'd like to do this and do that. And you know what, it's it's all fine and dandy, but then it doesn't usually come to fruition. So promises made and promises kept don't usually connect the dots in most instances. And then the other thing that I learned from a couple of different people, not just the people at the dojo, but there's not a lot of people that operate business well. There's a lot of good people in wrestling, a lot of good promoters, but the business element that truly can make this a sustainable entity, there's not a lot of people out there that have found success with it. So I don't know if that necessarily scared me away, but at least it was a wake-up call that if you're gonna make a promise, you follow through on it, and if you're gonna run this properly, you better have some business acumen. Well, luckily I do, and luckily Chris does as well. So we felt pretty confident when the wrestlers went from 4 to 25, and we've got a roster right now of nearly 40 different wrestlers that we can call upon at any time for any of the shows that we put on, which really is surreal. Now, you've got to balance the dates because wrestlers don't just stay with one promotion. They wrestle for five or six promotions across the Pacific Northwest, so you got to do a lot of mixing and matching to make it work. But that said, that's where we were at. We had 30-some-odd wrestlers that were saying, this sounds great, we're in, but we'll, you know, call us back when you're ready to rock. I said to Chris at one point, I said, Chris, you know that this is going away from what we initially thought it was, which was this four-to-six-part docuseries, and it was starting to turn into a legitimate promotion. I mean, we had the logo, we had the branding, we had the wrestlers, we had the opportunity, and we were also coming out of COVID, where a lot of these workers hadn't had a chance to uh, fine-tune their craft for upward of, what, 16, 17 months? So there was a need, there was a void. And so we realized after we put on NEW1, which happened to be on September the 11th out at the Gaming Stadium in Richmond... We looked at each other afterwards. I'll never forget it. Chris Perry came up to me. I came up to him. We both looked beaten up like we were tired because there's a lot of things that go into putting on a wrestling show, and we realized that we were no longer committed primarily to doing the documentary. We were all in on trying to make a go of this, that this was a fide wrestling promotion. So that is how NEW Wrestling came to be. It went from thinking that we just needed some B-roll footage to help with a production that we were doing on television to becoming a fully sustainable and pretty viable wrestling company in the Pacific Northwest. And what's cool about it is you get to know these wrestlers. I mean, I know them now by their real names as much as I know them by their stage names. And um, I think that's what makes me want to work even harder. There are so many good people in wrestling. I mean, yeah, there's a couple of snakes that are kind of hanging around the outside, but what we've created at NEW has been able to keep that on the outside so far i will say this i am so impressed with the caliber of wrestlers But i'm just as impressed if not more by the caliber of men and women that we have representing our brand and i'm not saying this as a psa a public service announcement i mean i uh for example we've got a husband and a wife we've got a young wrestler that just proposed to another she said yes and we've also got a couple of wrestlers who just lost their father not long ago and yet they've showed up at every show they're the first ones to load the ring into the truck they're the first ones to unload it there's so many stories that make you just appreciate the men and women of N.E.W. wrestling so if, if there's ever motivation it's not cash i don't think you get rich doing wrestling um but you make relationships and and, and form trust and i think that's kind of where we're at right now the challenge that we face is that we have done it pretty well to the point that now everybody else is looking in saying okay well what is this because the first one is just kind of like well what's that over there the second one is like hey this is pretty cool the third one is where you're going to show that you got a little stability and you can have a little consistency, and then you are on the clock for real. If you would have told me that by the time 2021 was done, we would have three shows under our belt, hopefully three sellout shows in a row, and that the rest of Canada was taking notice, I would have been shocked. But that's where we're at right now. So when I was talking with Pro Wrestling Illustrated, Emits uh, just still being mystified that I was actually having that conversation, I thought back and I said, you know what, man, job well done. And it is um, really inspiring for me because, you know, as you've listened to the show, the last couple of years have been, holy smokes, like two and a half, what was it, two and a half years ago now, I was auditioning for the Toronto Blue Jays job. Like I was in Dunedin calling baseball games right beside Ben Wagner with Mike Wilner, and that could have been where my life would have gone had I been good enough to get that job. Didn't happen, ended up leaving the Vancouver Canadians. TSN blew up in my hands. But you know, you think of all of the failures in life and getting back up and continuing to dust yourself off and continuing to go until you find something that actually works and connects with you and you're good at. I like wrestling. As a Matter of fact, I love wrestling and I've loved wrestling my whole life. I can't believe I get to do this as a profession. And more than anything, I am so inspired by the people around me. So, yeah, the buzzards can fly all around. There's people that'll be naysayers. There's people that are gonna come forward and be like, I don't know if you could do this, or what's your background, or you're not a typical wrestling guy. That's fine. What I am good at is building brands. And this is where I think my strength is. This is the trust that the wrestlers have in me, and I won't break it. Yeah, that is the story of NEW Wrestling. Chris Perry, a guy that used to be an editor at the Vancouver Sun and Province who got into finance, and you know my crazy ride to get to this moment, but we're here and it is going so good that I ended up stepping away from my Canucks post-game show because I was just like, I can't do both. And if you had to make me choose one, I was gonna stay with the NEW brand. I am proud of it. I am thrilled to get the uh, support that we've gotten from the corporate community, but more importantly from the fans and most importantly, from the wrestlers and that community. It's hard breaking into a community where promises are made, not many are kept, and I'd like to think that we're doing pretty good on that end as well. So if you get the chance, come out and see these workers, they're outstanding. My thanks to Nicole Matthews, Artemis Spencer, Billy Suede, Tony Baroni. They were the four that I went up to first and said, I need your help here to kind of gain a little bit of credibility with everybody else I'm going to talk to. Hopefully, I've now earned that credibility, but I couldn't have done it myself in the beginning. They have been fantastic, and I will support them through and through. All right, let's get to the rest of the news of the day, shall we? It's a big day if you're a Vancouver Canuck fan. I tweeted out a little bit earlier today that the Canucks will finish first in the Pacific Division by the time the season is done. Uh, There's a lot of people out there wondering what I'm smoking. But I got a sneaky suspicion they're in for a good season. We'll find out if I'm right. Let's get to the rest of the news of the day. Let me take you to that one part of this sports bar where we keep all of that conversation. Let me get you into the VIP room.
1: You knew tonight was going to be a good night, didn't you? Guys, the ladies don't want you wasting their time. So get to the point. 10 topics, 10 minutes. Hold on to your drinks because we're about to bring you the entire world of sports before the DJ can pull out the vinyl. For his next set welcome to, VIP room. welcome to the vip
0: room okay so it's that one day of the year for your vancouver canuck fan where hope springs eternal yes we finally get to see all of jim benning's efforts from the off season we'll see if this vancouver canuck team can bounce back from a unreal season last year i mean if you think of the truncated schedule the covid breakout the jake bertanen situation Louis erickson in the press box the uh fourth line being worth what 18 million dollars and you simply say, that is yesterday's news, and you get ready to move on. If you're a Canuck fan, today's a very good day. Thatcher Demko's in net. Ian Clark is still the coach of the goaltending. Uh, you've gotten rid of some of that money, and you've reallocated it to guys like Oliver ekman Larson, Elias Patterson, and Quinn Hughes. So, mission accomplished, Right. I've always said that teams like the Canucks are a player away from the second round of the postseason and an injury away from missing the postseason by five or six points. That's just the way it goes in the NHL where everything's pretty balanced for the most part, right? The salary cap does work because now you got 20 teams that up until the last week of the regular season are all vying for a postseason berth. But what does this season mean to Vancouver Canuck hockey fans who we are hoping by the end of the week, Dr. Bonnie Henry is going to come forward and say that Rogers Arena can get back to 100% capacity if you're double vaxxed that to me is a step forward because now all of a sudden the organization gets that money flowing in again then you've also got the atmosphere then you've got a team that's a little more stable Brock's under control Bo's under control JT Miller's under control and now the two young stars they are under control as well so it seems like this should be the calm after the storm right we'll have to see to me it was said best by Rob Simpson last week when I had him on this show all Vancouver has to do and this is quote unquote all they have to do is make sure that they finish ahead of the three teams from California and that new team from Seattle, and then they're going to find their way into the postseason. That means they've got to find a way to get past Anaheim, Los Angeles, San Jose, and Seattle. Then they're hanging out with the Calgary, Edmontons, and Vegases of the world. It's an eight-team division, four get in, and you would probably say that this division's got a few easier outs than what they had to deal with last year. I think Vancouver, had they not had to deal with the COVID bug, was peaking, and I think they would have been just fine. I think they would have been there right until the last day of the season fighting for a playoff spot, but coming out of that COVID lockdown, there was just no way they were going to be able to compete. So you look at Edmonton for what they are, I think they're going to be up there with Vegas. That's going to be my one-two punch to win this division, and then it's really anybody's game and if Vancouver is everything that they are said to be this is a team that should finish, in my estimation, in the three-hole in the Pacific Division. Unless Calgary's hiding something that I don't know, unless they're bluffing me at the poker table, I gotta think that Vancouver's more talented than them, and of the three teams in California, only Los Angeles is intriguing. I think that San Jose and Anaheim both in major rebuilds right now are nowhere near it, and even though we look at expansion teams differently because of what Vegas did a couple of years ago, I don't know if Seattle's got the wherewithal to get where they need to go over the course of 82 games. So that's That said, hope springs eternal. Vancouver looking good, at least on paper. And if they can stay healthy, you got to think that there's an opportunity for them to get to the postseason. Tonight, they get Edmonton. It's the first of six straight games on the road for the Vancouver Canucks. I mean, they just don't get anything easy, do they? Six road games to start the season before they finally get to come home. It is one of five games on the NHL slate tonight. Montreal's at Toronto. The Rangers and Washington will lock horns. Chicago at Colorado. Colorado without Nathan McKinnon because of the COVID protocol situation and Winnipeg getting ready to land-based Anaheim in California. Now for the Vancouver Canucks, Zach McEwen was put on waivers. He was picked up by the Philadelphia Flyers. Uh, I got to think that their toughness right now is going to be something that's going to be questioned. They need somebody who's going to be able to throw hands or at least be a presence on the ice, and I just don't know where you look for that right now. I don't think they have that bonafide tough guy, and when you've got a bunch of stars, you're going to need at least one guy that's not afraid to mix it up, but that's just me. Over the last three seasons, Edmonton is 8-6 and six against Vancouver. In their last 10 games, they're 4-6, and six. and Vancouver will have Brock Besser on the ice tonight. Very quickly to recap what happened last night, Seattle in their very first regular season game in franchise history, falling 4-3 in Vegas. Max Pacioretty with two goals for the home team. Uh, Geeky McCann and Donato scoring for Seattle. It was actually Donato who scored the first goal in franchise history. Pittsburgh blasting Tampa Bay 6-2 last night. They had four goals in the third period, breaking a 2-2 tie. Andre Vasilevsky with 29 saves in a losing cause. To the Canadian Football League, after a bye week, the BC Lions getting ready for their next game coming up on the weekend. But first, we will get the Blue Bombers at 8-1, taking on the Edmonton Elks, who are 2-6 and fading fast in the West Division. Alouettes at 4-4, getting ready to go to Ottawa to take on the Red Blacks at the nation's capital. Red Blacks are 2-7 on the season. And the Lions behind Mike Riley and is already 2047 yards for the air this season getting ready to take on the stampeders lions are third in the west at four and four stampeders are four and five, Fourth in the west well to the nfl a couple of news and notes bengal's quarterback joe burrow despite dealing with a throat issue is expected to play this coming sunday New York Giants quarterback Daniel Jones is on track with everything and could return from his concussion this Sunday when the Giants host the Rams at MetLife Stadium, that according to their coach Joe Judge. If you remember, Jones was in concussion protocol after taking a vicious helmet-to-helmet hit against the Dallas Cowboys. A quick check of the standings in the AFC North, Baltimore, the top team one game better than Cincinnati, Baltimore 4-1 after their victory on Monday Night Football. Tennessee in the worst division in football. They lead the AFC South with a record of three and two. Houston and Indianapolis are at one and four. Jacksonville, He's 0-5. Buffalo, the cream of the crop, as a young macho man Randy Savage used to say. 4-1 and in the AFC East. New England is next at 2-3. And uh, pretty good division here in the AFC West. Los Angeles at 4-1. Denver and Vegas are both 3-2. Let's hop over the fence to the NFC. Green Bay has not lost after their opening game loss. They've rattled off four straight wins at 4-1. One game better than Chicago at 3-2. Tampa Bay is one game better than Carolina and New Orleans in the NFC South. Tampa Bay at 4-1, winners of two in a row. And Dallas is red hot as well. After an opening week loss, they have rattled off four wins in a row. Philadelphia and Washington at 2-3. The Giants at 1-4. And And Seattle, boy, they're in tough as well. Arizona, a perfect 5-0 with Kyler Murray getting most valuable player talk surrounding him. Los Angeles at 4-1. Both San Francisco and Seattle at 2-3 in the NFC West. All teams advancing yesterday, including the Atlanta Braves and the Houston Astros. Braves getting past the Brewers 5-4 to advance to the National League Championship Series. They will wait to see if they're going to play the Giants or the Dodgers. Dodgers 7-2 winners over the G-Men yesterday, which means they have forced a decisive Game five, imagine the Giants with 100 plus wins getting ousted in the first round by the Dodgers, who are also a 100 plus win team. It's amazing how the standings all shook out this year, and it's the Braves against either the Dodgers or the Giants. Again, the American League Championship Series is set. It's the Red Sox and the Astros, and it looks like despite their lackluster one game effort, the New York Yankees are going to keep their manager. As word has come that owner Hal Steinbrenner doesn't think it is on Aaron Boone for what happened in that one-game playoff. Instead, turning to the, quote, underachieving player performance as the primary reason for the team's struggles. And I like that. I mean, if I could editorialize for a second here, if you think about it, in his four seasons at the helm with the New York Yankees, he's 328-218. and 218. He's averaging 98 wins in his three full seasons, and they have made the playoffs every single year. Now, they have not advance beyond the American League Championship Series under Boone, And that is probably the reason that New York is getting up in arms because they have not won a World Series title since 2009. So we mentioned yesterday as we moved to the hardcore of the NBA that Ben Simmons all of a sudden showed up in Philadelphia. Uh, He passed his physical, had a real quick meeting with the 76ers ownership, but the drama continues to drag on for Ben Simmons. Nobody's sure if he's going to suit up for their preseason game on Friday against the Detroit Pistons in Detroit. And for those who don't know, a player who is fully vaccinated against COVID-19 but is entering the team environment for the first time needs to return at least one negative result from a test facilitated by the team before they can get together with the other players and the Tier 1 staffers. That is the NBA protocol, and he must return two negative tests before returning to the facility and participating in individual workouts where no other player is present. Let's go overseas and check in on the pitch. UEFA setting to give their clubs more say over Champions League deals, saying in a statement yesterday that it has, quote, started the search for a marketing and sales partner to complete deals with an agreed strategy for three seasons of club competitions through 2027. Now, the Champions League will add four entrants into the 36-team single standings table where each is guaranteed 10 games instead of six because influential clubs wanted more money and more games against each other that was part and parcel why there were some that wanted to have that breakaway super league so that they could dictate who they would play and get the most bang for their buck clubs also wanting more creative digital content plans to help drive increases in champion league prize money the 32 group stage clubs get this they're going to share 2 billion euros which is 2.3 billion dollars in each of their three seasons ranging through 2024. Well, to the tennis court, Canada's rising tennis star Leila Fernandez eliminated down at Indian Wells, losing to American Shelby Rogers in the group of 16, 2-6, 6-1, and 7-6. It's actually a career best result at the WTA 1000 level for Fernandez, who won her first WTA title in March at the Monterey Open. Canadian Bianca Andrescu eliminated in the third round of women's singles back on Monday. Well, one of the hottest golfers right now out there is Jin Young-Ko, who needs one more round in the 60s to tie Annika Sorenstam for the LPGA Tour record book of most consecutive rounds shot in the 60s. The 26-year-old South Korean has been on an absolute tear since July. Two victories, a runner-up, and three other top tens in her last six events. And even more impressive is what she's done over the last month. This past Saturday was her 13th consecutive round in the 60s. Again, one back of Sorenstam's record during a four-tournament stretch back in 2005 when she had 10 wins and was on her way to that calendar Grand Slam. And if she can tie the record or break the record, it puts her in some pretty rare air. Well, the UFC has released fighter Luis Pena following two arrests, both related to domestic violence, and they have both happened since June. In a statement provided, UFC saying that they are aware of the, quote, disturbing allegations against Pena, who was arrested on Saturday on two charges of battery, and think that his personal and legal issues should be his focus before he competes again. Quote, this coming from the UFC, at this time, the UFC believes Mr. Pena needs to deal with the health and legal issues in front of him, and consequently has informed Mr. Pena's management that his promotional agreement has has been terminated. Dana White saying earlier this week, quote, we knew that he had problems before that we were trying to help him with, but this is a pretty nasty one. I don't know if you guys read the police report, but yeah, this one had to happen. Pena is 9-3, is a pro MMA fighter and had a 5-3 UFC record. And the Vancouver Whitecaps, who were dipping their toe into the eSport world, have actually had to fire their eSport gamer Agat Katilmus for telling online opponents to kill themselves. The white caps announced a signing to Katilmus back in June, but have come forward saying that his contract has been terminated effective immediately. Katilmus has since apologized to his opponent and has made a $2,500 donation to the Canadian Association for Suicide Prevention, attaching an official receipt as proof. He added, my behavior was wrong and I hope you can forgive me. All right, that wraps up Sports Bar Radio for your Wednesday. I look forward to being back with you tomorrow. Again, we'll have uh, answers to all the questions that you have about the Vancouver Canucks, who so get ready to take on the Edmonton Oilers tonight in Edmonton, and I thank you for following this show each and every day. It's so great to see the rankings come out to see that we're still near the top. Uh, we're always striving to be number one, but the fact that we've been in the top ten as high as number two, one more spot to go, and then we can take a break. We won't take a break at all. You know that. All right. So my thanks going to Jay Swing, my producer extraordinaire, brother from another mother, and to everybody over at Equity Guru. My thanks to Chris Perry, to Galen, and to the irreplaceable Priscilla Choi. Until you and I meet just hours from now, I'm Rob Fay. You have been listening to Sports Bar Radio, brought to you as always by Equity Guru. Have yourself a great day.
1: Sports Bar Radio was brought to you by Equity Guru, investment information for the new generation. Visit us at equity.guru and let's make some money together. Please note any mention of companies on this podcast is part of a promotional campaign and the information you hear should be a part of extensive due diligence. As well, always get advice from an accredited financial advisor before you make any investment decision. Protect yourself.